Bibles open tonight to 1 Kings. Of course, uh, we had a great day in the Filipino ministry, our 21st anniversary, and we had a great potluck. And one thing you're never going to hear at a Filipino potluck is we ran out of food, okay? That just does not happen. They have more than enough. So we had a great time. And I hope that the singles, you'll join us afterwards. We're going to go to LBX in Long Beach by the airport and eat together. So I hope that you will <coughs> be there for that. Keep your Bibles open. There's, a, there's something I want to <coughs> point out here. We all know the phrase, right? Silence is golden. The actual phrase is um, silver, uh, speech is silver, silence is golden. It's almost like the thought that uh, <coughs> we should listen more than we speak, right? God gave us two ears and God gave us one mouth and that one mouth speaks a lot more than both of our ears can listen. But there's something to be said about being careful. There are all, all of us could all look back at times in our life when we said something or spoke out and, and we ended up looking foolish, right? I remember I was in junior high and we were in a health class and <clears throat> they were teaching, I don't know, I think it's changed now. There used to be four food groups, right? Are there more now? They have a food pyramid or whatever, but there was four food groups. And the teacher has to question, <coughs> why are eggs part of the meat group, right? And I was like, no one would answer. And I'm like, I figured this out. Here was my reasoning. Chickens have eggs. Chickens are made of meat. Therefore, eggs are part of the meat group. And I looked around and no one raised their hand. I'm like, okay, these guys are stupid. I got this. And I raised my hand. She goes, yes, Steve. I said, well, everybody knows that cows have eggs. And, eggs, and, and cows are part of the meat group, therefore eggs are meat. And she looked at me and she goes, really? Everybody knows that? Okay. Or one time we had, we, had, we had a professional baseball player come to our school in Long Beach. <coughs> and um, <coughs> he was from Long Beach. I forget his name now. He used to play for the Pirates many years ago. Who? Brother Ross, just go back to sleep. And so... Bailey, Bob Bailey, remember him? And he's sitting in there, in the and he gave a little speech. He goes, you guys can ask questions. Again, I wasn't fifth grade. I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. I just thought I had a really good question. And I'm like, so if you're up to bat, and you're chewing gum, and the ball hits you, and you choke on the gum, who's responsible for that? And he looked at me like, kid, what kind of idiot are you? He's like, I don't know. And the teacher's giving me one of those looks like, I got you covered. One more. <laughs> That's the sharpest knife in the drawer. Our teacher was teaching us about, about uh, uh, um, you know, trash and all that stuff and pollution and how we get rid of our trash. And I thought I had a really good idea. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I guess I wasn't just, I'm just dumb. I'm like, why don't we build a spaceship? And we'll fill it with all of our trash, and we'll just shoot it out into space. I thought that was a brilliant idea. She did not, okay? Now, <clears throat> there's times when we all say things we shouldn't say. <clears throat> times when we should have been silent. <clears throat> but there are also times when we shouldn't be silent. We're going to see that today. In our text, <clears throat> you know the story well, Ahab is the king. And he is a bad, bad, wicked king. And, of course, he's married to that wonderful, that wonderful godless lady, Jezebel. 
And uh, often as we see, I like the one thing I like about reading through the law book, the, 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 these books here, is whenever the, whenever the kings or whatever would get out, get out of course, God would just send the prophet in to say something to them. And, uh, and so Elijah's one of these that, that stood up and stood up to the king. <coughs> God brings them on the scene. And so God has Elijah pray, and there's going to be a drought for three and a half years. And there was, and God took care of uh, Elijah. But the three and a half years is coming to an end, so Elijah goes to find Ahab to tell him that, that of course, the needed rain is going to come. Look at verse 17 of, of 1 Kings 18. We'll look at some verses we didn't read. We didn't read the whole chapter for sake of time. <coughs> This is typically what happens, right? And it came to pass when, verse 17, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Don't they always blame the Christians for everything? Don't they always blame the people that are actually know the truth for everything that's going on? That's, it hasn't changed, trust me. Uh, and by the way, you don't back down. I like Elijah, verse 18. And he said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. He goes, hey, 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 buddy, I'm not the problem, you are. And it's those who have come before you because you're involved with false worship. Now, he doesn't just condemn them. He tells them you're the problem, but he tells them why he's the problem. They're, 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 they're worshiping a false deity. You see, Baal worship was one of the problems in their land and not one of the solutions. Um, you know, having more churches in worship, that's not the answer to our problems. The right kind of churches and the right kind of worship, that's what we need in the times in which we live. And Jesus was pretty dogmatic about it, I'm sure. But Baal worship was a pagan worship system. Baal was considered a fertility god. He was a god that provided children. And Baal worship really involved many immoral and sensual things as well as they would, they would sacrifice in the midst of doing these, these immoral acts. They would have a, a, a stone god and they would, they would heat up the arms and they'd put a live baby on the arms to literally be fried to death. That was, part of their, that was part of their worship. And by the way, then you see when God is trying to exterminate that, you kind of see the reason why. It was very, very awful. It is no wonder that God condemned them. By the way, we have Baal worship in our society. We do. We worship immorality in every single perverse form of it. And then what happens is they get pregnant. And by the way, only women get pregnant, okay? They get pregnant... <coughs> And then they don't offer the baby on an idol, a red-hot idol like that. They, they go down to the abortion clinic and kill the baby. By the way, that is not reproductive health. Think about that. Reproduction means you produce a child. Are we okay here? Is that, is that what that means? And health means you try to keep the mom healthy and you try to keep the baby healthy. So how is it ripping a baby out of a mom and killing it? How is that reproductive health? See, we listen to all this stupidity. And uh, that's not the message. That was free. And I do believe in a woman's choice. My body, my choice. Good. Choose not to get pregnant. But once you get pregnant, the choice is over. Because there's not just one person, now there's two. I read a story of a father who's, who, who, who the, who's suing... Some people, because he wanted to keep the baby, and the mom, and they were married, I believe, and the mom went down and had the baby aborted. What about the dad's rights? 
But anyhow, that's a message for another day. <coughs> but uh, suffice to say that we're not much different than they were back then. And so Elijah decides it's time to have a contest. He's had enough of it. So he says, you, you round up all the Baal worshipers, and, and I'll stand here in place of God, and we'll have a little contest, and we'll, 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 we'll have a sacrifice, and you pray to your God, and then I'll pray to my God. And the God that sends fire from heaven to burn the sacrifice, let him be God. Now, we understand who won that battle. It was not the Baal worshipers. He prays and the fire falls. Now, <clears throat> that's the story. That's the context. But that's not the message. What I want you to see <clears throat> as Elijah is setting up this context, contest, and as he gets to the context, <clears throat> I want to look at how the people responded. Okay? Look at verse number 21. <clears throat> when Elijah lays out everything, he's talking to this crowd that has basically been there. They get the whale worshipers. They get a bunch of the people of Israel. And Elijah wasn't just doing this because, you know, like, look at me. I'm a new evangelist. Let's take an offering and buy me a jet plane. I can call fire from heaven. He was trying to call the people back to God. <clears throat> look at verse 21. <clears throat> and Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? <clears throat> You're going to keep going back and forth. He says, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Okay? They could have stepped up there and said, we're following the Lord, but look at what it says. And the people answered him not a word. They didn't say a word. No one stepped up. No one said, hey, we're worshipers of God. We're on your side. Okay? That was the time to speak up. That was not the time to be silent. Silence was not golden. Then look at verse 24. <coughs> now he's speaking to the, he, he calls the, he talks to the, uh, the Baal worshipers and tells them what they need to do. And he comes to the end of it in verse 24. <coughs> and call ye upon the name of your gods, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people <coughs> answered and said, it is well spoken. Now, he's primarily talking to the Baal, the Baal worshipers there, but there's other people. And I'm sure in that crowd, there were also some that were kind of on the fence or maybe some that maybe were leaning towards the Lord's side, but they were just, they didn't have the guts to stand up. But they're like, oh, oh, you want to have a contest? Okay, we'll, we'll say something now. Sure, okay, let, let's have a contest. So they spoke up, but they're kind of noncommittal. Let's get down to the end <coughs> where there's a huge change. Look at verse 29. It's all said and done. <clears throat> the fire has fallen. And here's, here's what happens. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now they're changing their tune. Now they're speaking up. I mean, come on, what else are you going to say? The fire fell from heaven. Now they're not going to just be silent. They're going to pick a side. They're going to become committed. <clears throat> Look at the progression. They were silent at the beginning when they should have spoken. Then they were kind of noncommittal when they finally did speak. And now they get to the end and they see all that's going on and what Elijah did. They said, okay, we believe it. <coughs> we are in. What changed? What caused them to change their tune? Someone stood up. It was Elijah. Elijah? From God, called the contest. <clears throat> Elijah, from God, laid out the parameters. Elijah, 
prayed, God provided the fire, now they're in. Why? One man was willing to step up, and one man was willing to go against the grain. The problem with most Christians today, in our pagan society, which I'll be honest with you, more and more it's mirroring the one in which Elijah lived, and the fact of the matter is I think it's worse, is that we don't want to speak up. We don't want to be known. We don't want people to know whose side we're on, who we are, what we believe. That's our problem. Most Christians believe that when it comes to their faith, silence is golden. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see that anywhere. I don't mean, by the way, a silence in words, but in your actions as well. Understand this. Our true beliefs are not just defined by our words. They're also demonstrated in our actions. We don't need to be quiet. And by that, I don't mean standing on a soapbox and condemning people. But you understand what I'm saying. We got to pick a side. We can't just sit around. Look, Moses came to the people when they were having that that lame party, and he he said, who's on the Lord's side? And by the way, it cost some people their lives because they didn't make the right decision. And so we cannot be silent. I want us to look at a couple, two things. (coughs) Don't do the math because they have subpoints. First of all, there's a reason to break the silence. There was a reason. Now, Israel was the southern kingdom. They were the kingdom that never really, uh, northern. They were the ones that never really followed God. Judah, that section, those two tribes, they they had kings that were primarily good. They had bad ones. They were kind of in and out. Israel, never. The ten tribes, never. And so uh, Elijah makes a passionate plea with them that is met with silence. By the way, it's kind of like, <coughs> it's kind of like when David went to the fight, right? Everybody's sitting around, the battle's right there, it's all laid out for him, and basically he has to come in front of some lunch because they're doing nothing about it. And David's like, what's going on here? And what was the phrase he used? Is there not a cause? He's like, I can't just sit here and let this big guy run his mouth and bash the armies of God and bash the living God. I'll take him out. Because there's a cause. There's something bigger than just myself. And there is a reason for us to break the silence. Let me give you a couple. Because the adversary was brazen. (coughs) Isn't that what's going on in our society? More and more, evil and wickedness is being tried to ram down our throats. It's being pushed before us every single day. And if you don't get in lockstep with what they're saying, you're a nutcase. You're the one. Do you know in in England now, they keep arresting this lady. You know what they're arresting her for? She stands in front of an abortion clinic. She doesn't say a word to any, she just stands on the sidewalk. Doesn't say anything out loud. But you know what they arrested for? Praying in her heart. Twice she's now been arrested. You know why? Even when you don't talk, if you stand for something, they want you out of the way. Okay. And by the way, we can't do that. Our adversary is brazen. <clears throat> it used to be like, well, you know, Christians, we just want to be left alone. We have our beliefs. We love Jesus. We're on our way to heaven. But I, I'm just going to stay in the weeds because, you know, if you say something, you might be targeted. That's not an option anymore. It's like the bully on the school ground. The first time you back down to that guy, you better get, you better get used to backing down. Because now you said, here's somebody I got. Just go back at him. You say, he's bigger than me. Someone used to say, if they're bigger than you, get an equalizer. Okay? 
But, but you, if you back, that doesn't, and you know what we've done as Christians? Hey, I just love Jesus. I don't argue with you. So I'll just be silent and you can keep pushing. And they're going to push us right off a cliff. Do you know, and I'm not talking about being mean. You understand that. But I'm talking about when it comes to Bible beliefs, we need to dig our heels in. And say, I'm not afraid to tell you what I believe. <clears throat> Look at the enemies. <clears throat> you had the prophets. Those are the spiritual ones. The spiritual ones, allegedly. That's what's very discouraging about the times in which we live. Now it's Christians that are trying to, to, trying to find biblical reasons for every single nonsensical thing that's coming down the pipe. They are. You know, now we have <coughs> gay Christians. What, is it okay to have adulterous Christians? So tell me in the Bible where you can take a sin and add it to in front of Christians and identify yourself as that. Oh, I'm a murderous Christian. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a carjack Christian. Okay? It's silly, isn't it? <coughs> but that's what we're doing. Okay? And Christians are just, you know, just, Jesus loved everybody. You might want to read the Gospels. He did love everybody, but he stood up. Okay? We're not helping people by backing down. <coughs> and our, our, our churches are killing us. We have political ones, the king. Elijah was the, uh, I mean, uh, King Ahab was a problem. Or, and you, I don't even have to apply that one to us. We're to, we're to pray, for our, <coughs> pray for our president, okay? We're to pray for our political leaders. And I'll just be honest with you, sometimes it's really hard. But that's what we're supposed to do. But you know what? We're not supposed to back down to them. We're not. They can't just legislate stupidity. They can't just legislate immorality. And then we just, well, you know, that's just how it is. No, that's not how it is. Or else we're going to buy into it. And then you have just people that are outspoken. Jezebel. I understand Jezebel was the queen, but a queen was more, she didn't have any power as a queen, right? I mean, you read the other queens. They were just, you know, <clears throat> if I were to say, who were, who were the other queens, you probably couldn't name them. There wasn't a bunch of them that are really, but she used her outspoken, loudmouth nonsense to get her way. Have you noticed that? People that are wrong talk the loudest. See, let me just say this, <coughs> the stuff that's going on around us, it's not that that stuff, the people that believe that stuff are in the majority. They're working towards that. And by the way, that's why they're pushing it through our school system. Well, my kids go to a really nice, and it's a brand new school. They, I know, they're still pushing it. Uh, they're pushing it on their entertainment, right? Who was it? Uh, 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 Netflix just had a, a thing where, I think I might have mentioned on Thursday, a cow, talk, tell another cow and said, call me Fred. Fred, they're pushing all that nonsense because they're outspoken. And the, the reason they're outspoken is because they're trying to get us to be quiet. It doesn't work that way. So we have a big <coughs> adversary, <coughs> and their advantage is big. Verse 22, Elijah said to the people, I, even only I, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Balaam's prophets are 450. Now, technically, there were other prophets. There weren't as many, <coughs> but there were a whole lot more of Baal's prophets. And let me just say this, when we, something we need to understand and Christianity doesn't understand. We're never going to be in the majority. You understand that? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I want to be a, I want to, and I wish we were. Everybody that says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're a Christian. But, but if, if it's not popular, <clears throat> if it's not in the majority, we're afraid to just say, well, I'm going to go against the grain. Very important. We cannot just give in because we feel like we are in the minority. 
And then the altar was broken. Look at verse 30. It says, and Elijah said unto the people, come near unto me. And it was his turn. The prophets of Baal, they were cutting themselves. They were doing all kinds of stuff. There was no fire coming. Elijah was mocking them. Like, where, where, come on, man, where's your God? Is he, is he on a vacation? You know, is he out of town? And so now it's his turn. He says, come near. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Do you understand the world may be broken, but the problem is when the church is broken. The problem is when Christianity is broken. And we swallow hook, line, and sinker anything and anybody that says that they are Christian. I found out a long time ago, I just don't believe something because someone says it's true. Well, I'm a Christian, okay, and I hope you are. But, but watch what they believe. Watch what they're saying. Watch what they're backing. Too many times we've, people have hitched their wagon to some uh, either political Christian or some other Christian to only find out that they're, they're taking that wagon right off a cliff. Be very careful. The altar is broken. We have broken worship in our country. By the way, not all roads lead to heaven. <coughs> Doctrine's important. What the Bible says is important. Not all beliefs are preferences. <coughs> Holiness is important. But, you know, that's just... That's just your interpretation. I mean, it's pretty point blank sometimes. And there are some things that, you know, there might be, <clears throat> it's not a major thing, but boy, the, the, everything in the Bible is open for discussion. And it's like, do you just read this? Look, if you quit listening to people and you just read the New Testament, you're not going to come out liberal. I dare you. I dare you. You know, <clears throat> sweet loving Jesus, you might want to read what he actually said. Oh, you know, God's just in the love business. He's in the love business. But that doesn't mean you back down on the truth. It's not loving to lie to somebody. It's not loving to disobey the word of God. Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. Boy, we have a hard time with that. <coughs> and I'll say this again, and I'll, I'll quit harping on it. It's a big thing right now. <coughs> but not all music is worship. <coughs> the meth is important. Well, Pastor, are we ever going to have these singers, like four or five of them up here doing their little, you know, uh, 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 American Idol? No, we're not. We're not. We're not doing the American Idol thing. Okay? It isn't, our goal isn't to see other people sing the congregational songs. The goal is for all of us to sing those songs. That's very important. We're not going to go that direction. Are we going to sing the, the newer types? No, we're not. Now, I'm not against new, new there are some new good songs being written. <coughs> but most of them are, are like, they have as, as much doctrine as um, Dr. Seuss. Thank you. I, I like Dr. Seuss, <coughs> okay? <laughs> but he's not going to write songs for me, okay? What it's saying is important and how it says it's important. I'm not harping. I've already mentioned that movie with Lonnie Frisbee, and I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't watch that thing, and I saw the documentary again, John. That guy was horrible. He was a homosexual the whole time he was preaching. He was on drugs and cheating on his wife with other men the whole time he's preaching. And he's bringing revival. He's the Samson of our generation. Let me just throw something at you. Samson wasn't a preacher. He was a political leader. And by the way, how'd that end up for him? He lost, and I, and I, I you know, he was a one-man army. He didn't lead anybody ever, anywhere. When he fought battles, he's like, I don't need help. I'll take out 3,000 people by myself. But <coughs> I just saw another one, a guy who... He started the Christian rock and roll movement. He was a phony. 
He was doing it for the money. He was immoral and all kinds of nonsense. And a lot of that stuff, you're not catching it, but in this contemporary Christian, these people are all deconstructing. You know what they're doing after a few years? Like, I'm deconstructing in my faith. I'm stepping away from my faith, away from my faith. And some of them are becoming atheists. You, when someone says, I used to believe in Christ, I was, a, I was a Christian and now I'm an atheist, they never were a Christian. You say, prove it. I've said it before. That's like me getting rid of my wife saying, I'm not married to my wife anymore, and then saying, I don't even believe she exists. That's ignorant. I had a relationship with her. How can you have a relationship with God and then say he doesn't exist? You know how you can do that? Because you didn't have a relationship with him. But we get into all that stuff. Let's be very careful. This is going to be a church. This is not going to be an entertainment center. Okay, I, I love the songs. By the way, the choir song was great tonight. I'm not just saying it. I, there's certain songs I like more than others, okay? And they nailed it today with these songs. But that's what I want. You say, well, I want the entertainment. I'm going to just be honest with you. It's not here. It's not here. If you want, that, if you want <coughs> Brother Grandy to come up here with purple hair and uh, <coughs> where it looks like he just got off the beach and saying and, t- and, and speaking like a... And, uh, I don't, I just, I don't want to go long. Speaking like some little effeminate sissy. Look, why is it that if we, we think to be nice, we got to slow our voice, bro. And just talk sweet. You know what? That's okay for a girl. Not for a man. Just be who you are. Back to Brother Grandy, the liberal. <coughs> He comes up here, and, and instead of having, you know, Cindy on the, on the um, flute, was, was that she plays? Cindy's on the electric guitar, right? Chris is on the drums, right? Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Ivan's playing the jug, okay? You know, and we, and, and we put the lights down, and it's just nothing more than a rock concert for 25 minutes, and then I get up here and come get, get some little cute speech, not happening. Not happening. Okay? I just don't think there's any of God in that. I think we can stand up and be loving and just be ourselves and love, love Jesus and follow the Bible. Okay. <coughs> That's the problem. <coughs> but what's the recipe? How can we break the silence? Well, there's a couple things we can do. <coughs> First of all, because there was a man standing. It started with Elijah. One man. The people were kind of noncommittal, and then when we'll have a contest, we're kind of buying into the contest, let's see what, what goes down, and then at the end, they're like, the Lord, he's God. The Lord, he is God. Why? One man. Elijah stood. It just takes one man. Pastor used to reference this story all the time. The <coughs> emperor's new clothes. There was a fancy emperor, <coughs> and he was very vain, and he, he loved nice clothes. Well, there was a couple of crooks that came in and thought, we're going to get this guy and play to his vanity. So they came in and said, we make these very, very high-quality, fancy clothes. And they said, and the thing that's unique about our clothes, only people who are wise can see them. Fools can't. And it played into his vanity. He goes, make me one of those suits. And these guys pretended to make this invisible suit. And, you know, they worked on it, and they gave it to him. And nobody could see it. But they didn't want to say anything because if they say anything, they'd look like a fool. They're not wise. One day there's a parade and the king goes out in his fancy outfit and he's really got nothing on. 
And everybody just let them walk by because they didn't want to say anything because they would have been thought a fool. Kids are wonderful. Kids just tell you the truth. By the way, Sunday school, be careful about asking the kids for prayer requests. Anybody got a prayer request? Yes, mommy was throwing stuff at daddy last night. Can you pray for my mommy and daddy? Okay, so don't ask for prayer requests, especially if my kids are in there. <coughs> and this little kid sees him and says, he's got no clothes on. Finally enough, people are like, you know, you're right. He doesn't have any clothes on. And the king went away embarrassed. You know what? Our pro- no one wants to stand up and say, letting guys use a lady's bathroom? That's dumb. That's dangerous. Come on now. Nobody with an IQ past a plant thinks that's a good idea. Now you know what they're doing? They're putting convicted people, men, into ladies' prisons because all of a sudden they identify as a lady. And I'm talking about rapists and people that have been violent against women. And you know what happened? They did one guy. I think it was England. They stuck him in there. And uh, he was a guy. A bunch of the women came up pregnant. Come on now. Nobody thinks that kind of... But you know what? If I say something, (coughs) I'm a germaphobe or whatever they want to call you. Right? (coughs) But the fact of the matter is, someone's got to say, you know what? (coughs) It's just silly. It's just silly. We have to be very careful. It defines our society, and the fact of the matter, it's starting, to de- it's starting to define Christianity. We don't want to be seen as uneducated, bigoted fools. By the way, what did they say in the book of Acts about the disciples? They were unlearned and ignorant men. But you know what they did notice about them? They had been with Jesus. I'll take that any day of the week. You know, um, I'm a Christian, so I do like sports, but because I'm a Christian, I like the right sports. I like hockey. Thank you. I thought I'd get one there. Do you know what's, and and I don't know where it's going to end up. (coughs) You know what's happened in hockey in the last month and a half? They make the players wear these pride jerseys (coughs) when they warm up. And then when warms up's over, they'll take the jerseys off of them, and the players will sign them, and then they'll auction them off to give the money to the L, B, G, Q, plus, and minus, X, you know, uh, uh, E equals MC squared community. <coughs> a Russian player stood up, Philadelphia guy, he played in Philadelphia, he says, I, I can't wear it. It goes, it, it goes against my, my beliefs. So they got him after the game. He goes, I'm not trying to be mean. I don't hate those people. He goes, but it goes against my beliefs, and I just cannot wear it, and I'm not answering any more questions about it. Thank you. You know what happened? I couldn't believe it. (coughs) Two teams immediately said, (coughs) we're not going to make our players wear those anymore. We're not going to participate. And it was both of the teams in New York City. Now, I don't know about you, but New York City is not conservative. Then what happened is, okay, Minnesota is probably one of the most liberal states in 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 the universe, Minnesota team said, we're not doing it either. Now, <coughs> I like the local teams, right? <coughs> I think they're real hockey teams. So the teams up north, say like the San Jose Sharks, they're pretend. They're not real. But their goaltender last week said, I ain't wearing it either. He goes, I, and he was like, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in that lifestyle. He was, now, he was nicer. He's like, if I had a t- team that came in was gay, I wouldn't be mean to him. I'd be the first to shake his hand, but I ain't wearing it because I don't believe in that lifestyle. 
You know what happened? The Chicago team said, we're not doing Pride Night anymore. Now two more players a couple days ago in Florida said, the Stahl brothers, my, guy, my sons will know who they are. They said, we're not wearing it either. No, they're not. And by the way, these guys have not been mean at all. They basically said, <coughs> my beliefs, that goes against my beliefs, and you cannot, I don't feel like I should be forced to wear that. I'm just not going to do it. Now, may, I hope all the teams stand up. But if, and may, maybe they'll be forced to change. I don't know. The point is, I'm just glad there's, there are some people that can say, what does that have to do with hockey? What does that have to do with football? I don't want to turn on a sport so they can tell me my political beliefs. LeBron James should just shut up. Okay? I, I'm a Laker fan, but I'm not a LeBron James fan. Let's just be honest here. Just play basketball. And by the way, if he wants to believe that, we've had conversation. No, we haven't. But if he wants to believe that, that's his choice. Go play basketball. I don't care what you think. I'm more of a Michael Jordan guy, and I didn't like Michael Jordan. They asked him one time, there was a Democrat running to say, you have to, re, you, have to, you have to come out and endorse the Democrat. He goes, I'm not endorsing anybody. I'm a basketball player. And he goes, well, why aren't you doing it? He goes, because Republicans buy shoes too. Okay? <coughs> but someone just got to say, look, I'm not doing it. I'm, you're not going to make me do it. So you got to stand. I better hurry. <coughs> Secondly, a man stood. Secondly, there was a word spoken. Elijah's the one speaking. He's got the floor. He says, we're going to find out who is God. He's willing to stand up. And let me say this, we need a spoken word as well. <clears throat> and you may not understand this, but <clears throat> we hear we follow the Bible, and we follow the King James Bible for a reason. And, and if you don't understand that, that's fine. I, I, I'm not picking at you. But you know what's happening now in our types of churches? They're backing down on the King James Bible. I want to be very careful when I can compare the King James Bible to all the other Bibles, and the other Bibles have taken verses out. That bothers me. And there's certain reasons why we do that. But the fact of the matter is, we need the Word of God. And, and you can have the right Bible, but are you in it? God doesn't bless us for carrying it. Like, see this, Satan? Gotcha. Satan's like, that's good. That's a Bible. Jesus didn't say to Satan when he tempted him, he goes, hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, look. Jesus didn't say, I got a Bible. See that? You know what the power was? Because Jesus knew the Bible and he was committed to obeying the Bible. That's where the power came from. But there's got to be a word. We have a word. See, <clears throat> as the world gets more confused about the truth, we don't have to be. Because God's given us his truth. I don't have to decide when it comes to matters of morality <coughs> or anything. I don't have to decide what's right and wrong. Because I could be wrong. But I have a book that very, very carefully defines what's right and wrong. And I'm just going to hitch my wagon to this book. We have a word. Then... He had a prayer that was supplicated. Look at verse 37. <clears throat> he says, hear me, O God. And he's praying out loud. Hear me. And he, look what he says. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God. And thou hast turned their heart again. Do you know prayer is a great, great weapon? I want you to flip over. I'll, I'll hustle here. Turn over to Acts chapter number 4 real quick. I want you to see how it helped the early church. Prayer. We have God on our side. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, well, it seems like everybody's against us. I know. I don't care who's against us. And I want people to be on my side. And I care about who's on my side. But I really don't care who's on my side as long as God's on my side. I'm just, I just want to keep him on my side. 
And by the way, if God's not on my side, it's not because he's bailed on me. It's typically because I've bailed on him. And, and I, we all need him. Come on. <coughs> Acts chapter 4, verse 29. <coughs> and all that was going on, here's what the early church said. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. He says, man, we're, we're hitting it from every side. God, give us boldness. Allow us to be, and by the way, they were facing a lot more things than, than that hockey player facing uh, uh, um, reporters that just want to chirp at them. That's, that's, that's not a big deal. They were, facing, they were facing bad things. By stretching forth thy hand to heal, that by signs and wonders <coughs> may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, what happened? The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the bold to do them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which they possessed of his own. But they had all things common. In other words, they were, there, there was a power and there was a unity. And part of that unity was they were, they were sharing their goods with each other. Now that was, a, that was a product of the time in which they lived, right? Because of persecution, they lost their jobs, and so they had no, so the other Christians had to come to their aid. Verse 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great peace was upon them all. Could it be that we're afraid to speak to people about God because we're not talking to God about people? We got to speak to God. Well, we know God's there, we're going to be okay. And, 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 and again, we'll have his power. <coughs> and then there's a fire that spread. I like this. In response to Elijah's prayer, verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. One of the things in the story I like is after Elijah came, he, he repairs the altar and he digs a ditch around the altar and he goes, you know, it's just really too easy for God to burn this. He didn't say it, but, you know. He's like, let's, let's, let's make it a little bit harder. Because I really want them to know this is God. So you know what he did? He said, go get some water and let's just flood this thing. He's like, no, that's not enough. We need more. This thing was literally soaked. And there's, there's water around it. And he says, now we're ready. And he prays and says, God, let the fire fall that the people can know. And that there was no you know, no mistake how it happened. The fire came and not only consumed the sacrifice, it licked up all the water. It shouldn't have been able to burn that because of all the water. There was a fire that was spreading. There's something to be said about seeing God work. That's what this world needs. <clears throat> and maybe, and I know, some of us that are prophets, we'd like to see the fire of God fall on people, but we're not, we're, they're like, oh, I want to be like Elijah, you know. I don't want to get the sacrifice. I, I want to take some people out. Okay, well, for number one, you're not Elijah, okay? Number two, you don't get to make that call. But it'd be nice to see God's fire doing some things. By the way, it starts in your life, right? The people you work with, the people you know, when they see God working in your life, they're going to say, what's going on here? There's something different about you. And not in, a, um, not in a self-serving, prideful kind of way. The fact of the matter is when God's on your life and, and good things are going on and God's doing some things, the people that don't see those things, they're going to see you and, yeah, how long? I've been married all these years and we're happy. And you have your fingers, you know, like that, but whatever. You know, <coughs> whatever. You know, your children aren't throwing darts at you. You, you. you seem to be happy. 
You know, you come to work and you work hard and it's not easy and other people, you know, they're just putting their time in and they see the joy of the Lord that you have in your life and difficult, you go through a difficult a thing and, and you come through it with Christian grace and they see that and they're like, what is going on? It's like, it's not me. It's God. You know, our country, people pray a lot about revival and we'd love to see revival, right? We want to see, we want to see Pentecost, but we may never see that. But that's okay. And that's not heretical. I do want revival. Calm down. But you know what? You know what would be good? We can see the results of revival in small ways. We may not see thousands saved, but can we see anybody saved? Right? People like to mock that song. If just one more soul were to walk down the aisle. Oh, you Christians. You Baptists. You like that. I do. It would be worth it. When you think about what the alternative is, Hell. Well, I, I want to see, I want to see a thousand saved. Why don't we start with one? Why don't we start with two? You, you say, well, man, that's not thousands. It's a big deal to that one. It's a big deal to that family. People can be saved. God can still get a hold of your heart. He may not be getting the hold of thousands of people's heart. He can get a hold of your heart. Lives can be changed. God can move among his people. You can see new people coming to church and all these different things. Listen, we may not get it on the scale we want, but we can still get it. I, I tire sometimes when people are so negative. I'll hear people, I'll even hear, and I'm not trying to, I, I'm nobody, but I'll, I like to listen, to, I'll hear a guy preach like, you know, in the days in which we live, you know, it, we're, it, like really? I don't need to hear that negativity. I understand that D.L. Moody's not coming into Long Beach. And, and thousands are going to get saved, and we're all going to meet at the Long Beach Arena. But can I just tell you something? People can be saved. We're too negative. And then lastly, <coughs> evil can be stopped. Now, for those of you that are a little bit squeamish, you can close your eyes while I read verse 40. And Elijah said unto them, <coughs> take, he didn't just say, it's like a baseball game, right? Okay, fire from heaven fell, game's over. He, you know, you get a handshake in line. He shakes her hand. Hey, good try, guys, good try. Better effort next time. It's not how we went. Okay, let's read verse 40. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. <coughs> and they the same people that are quiet are now rounding the herd. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. You say, Pastor, that's, God, that's, pretty, that's pretty bad for for God to do that. Remember I defined what Baal worship was? Do you understand that? And I'm not saying that's, we take that into our hands. I'm just telling you what God did. That evil was temporarily abated because he stood up. <clears throat> I am not going to get into politics. I'm not. I'm not going to spend my time, I, I, I'll stand up, but I get these emails from places like, this is going on, send a letter to your senator, or send this to this person by email or whatever, and I'll do that, I'll stand up that way. But I'm not going to get deviated from, from trying to get people spiritually helped. But I'm also not going to stick my head in the sand, <coughs> okay? Remember they were going to pass that many years ago, they were going to pass a thing down here that Long Beach was against traditional marriage and for redef redefining marriage. We found out, I knew <coughs> Laura <coughs> Richardson. She was, our, she was our council member at that time. I knocked on her door soul winning once. And um, she knew us. I knew her. She called and told me about what was going on. I told Pastor. We had over 400 people down there at their, at their Tuesday. Was it Tuesday, I think? Their Tuesday, um, their council meeting. 
And they were intimidated. And we all got, Brother, brother um, First Baptist, Brother Wilkerson was down there. And guess what? <clears throat> because we showed up, they voted, and guess what happened? They voted the right way. Laura Richardson, the one that told, she told, when she called and told me about it, she told other pastors, she says, now I'm just telling you this so that when they vote it, you're not blindsided. You know why it happened. Now she, that was her plan. It backfired on her because we're like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. We're going to go down there and stop it. At that time, you could. We had to stop. <coughs> I'll give you the story. I'll be done. <coughs> of course, William Carey was a great missionary to India in the early, the late 1700s or early 1800s. At that time, India had a practice. I think it was called sati. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. The practice was this. If a man died before his wife, they would burn his body, a cremation, but they would burn his life, his wife, alive with him. William Carey, a missionary, thought that was horrific. And while he was doing his missionary work, he fought to have that abolished and was one of the leading voices in getting that overturned because it was such an evil. That wasn't his main job, but I'm glad that there was enough salt and light to say, hey, this is evil. I'm going to stand up and say, hey, we can't do that. I'm thankful for the states where abortion is been overturned. I'm not thankful for our governor who says, come to our state, we'll pay for it. Okay? I don't even know what planet he's from. And I'll pray for him. Hope he comes to find the Lord. But as Christians, <clears throat> someone has said, the only thing that needs to happen for evil to continue, and I'm, I'm misquoting it, is for good men to do and say nothing. I'm not saying we need to be political. You know what I'm saying? We can't just be silent. We're on the Lord's side. I talked about this morning. This world needs hope. It needs a message of Christ. And we're so silent. We're afraid to be identified as a Christian. But can I just tell you something? In California, one of the most liberal states in the union, people are open to the gospel. Right? Very rare will you give a track or knock on a door and someone's rude to you. Now, they may not want it and say thank you, but no thank you. But they're not rude. Most of them will take it. Most people will talk to you. They may not get saved, but look, we, we have this whole thing that everybody's just against God. They're jumping all over the place. No, they're, they're just afraid to stand up too. They need something worth living for. We have that for them. Silence isn't going to work. we got to stand up for what's right. And we need to be the voice of spiritual reason in our community. Let's stand together. Thank you for that. I went a little bit longer than I planned. <coughs> but let's stand together. Elijah had a great miracle that day. And I know the people, they vacillated and they went back, but some of them were touched. And evil was stopped for a while. But someone had to stand. Someone had to be willing to say, hey, there's a better way, there's a different way. You don't just have to follow the, the blind nonsense that's pushed on, on all of our media, that's pushed on our entertainment, that's pushed by our politicians, that's pushed by entertainers. Right? It's like, what's that all about? They're just mimicking, mim mimicking and parenting what the society is saying. But we have a better way. But we just cannot sit back and just say, I just want to make it comfortably until the end of my life, until I get to heaven. And I'm not saying go out and, and we're, not, we're going to go protest it down in City Hall. I'm not saying that. But we need to share the gospel.
We need to share the truth and we need not back down. We need not back down. This world needs to know that there is something worth believing. There is something worth dying for. There is something worth fighting for. And by the way, I didn't mention this, but I'll mention it and we'll be done. I'm older. I'm not old. Okay? Saw a shirt that said, I'm the same age as old people. I'm not, I'm not getting that. But I have grandkids and I have children that are just starting their families. They're right in the middle of their families. What are they going to have 20 and 30 years from now if we're not willing to make a difference? We talk about the next generation spiritually, but what about in our society? If we just let everything go and we just silently, you know, follow everything that we're being told and we're not willing to stand for the truth, what are we leaving them? I want my grandchildren to have something in this society. The piano is going to play. If God spoke to you at all, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you just say, I'm just willing to be a Christian, whatever that means. I'm going to follow the truth, and I'm not going to back down on the truth, and I'm not going to be silent and try to hide my Christianity. How are people going to get saved if we hide our Christianity? They're not. They're not. We're fighting a spiritual battle. We're fighting for the souls of men.